and welcome to Maplewood Barn Radio Theater, brought to you each week with the kind assistance of KBIA. Every week at this time, we bring you a classic story brought to life through an original audio adaptation. Tonight's presentation is called Zingu by Edith Wharton. It was first published in 1916. The story involves a book club founded by Mrs. Ballinger, who always preferred to pursue culture in a group setting. Joining her are several other huntresses of erudition, Mrs. Plinth, Mrs. Leverett, Ms. Van Vluck, and the unfortunate Mrs. Roby, who never seems quite to be able to grasp the flow of the conversation. Let's join them now as Mrs. Ballinger explains the agenda for an upcoming meeting. For the next meeting at the Lunch Club, I have invited the celebrated author, Osric Dane, to discuss her new book, The Wings of Death, when she arrives in Hillbridge. Oh, that is wonderful. We can meet at my home. The meeting is scheduled to be held at my house, Mrs. Plinth, and I do not care to cede my rights as hostess. But Miss Plinth's mansion is the most impressive place for us to entertain celebrities. With all due respect to Mrs. Plinth's wealth, it is my turn to act as hostess, and I will see it through. On this point, Miss Van Vluck, I shall be tenacious. Oh, some may call you tenacious. Others might call you obstinate. I must admit, I'm rather flustered by the prospect of discussing the wings of death with the author. She seems so, so intellectual. I have no such qualms, Miss Leverett. Nor do I. After all, Miss Van Vluck recommended the book at the last meeting, and we have the opportunity to discuss it now, to express our opinions, or appropriate the comments of others if nothing original comes to mind. What did you think of the book, Mrs. Roby? Hmm? I'm sorry, what book? The Wings of Death by Osric Dane. Never heard of it. What do you mean you've never heard of it? It was the book chosen at the last meeting. One essential component of being part of a book club is actually reading the books as they are assigned. Yes, Mrs. Roby. You cannot continue to live off the intellectual bounty of others. Last month, as you recall, we were discussing pterodactyls and... Oh, yes, but I never was good at judging distances. So you haven't had a chance to read The Wings of Death? Oh, it sounds romantic. Who is it by? Ostrich Dane, the famous author. Oh, yes, I have heard of her. Mrs. Roby, although you have not had time to read The Wings of Death, Surely you are familiar with its equally remarkable predecessor, The Supreme Instant? Oh, yes. I have seen that book at my brother's when I was staying with him in Brazil. I even carried it off to read one day on a boating party. But they had all got to throwing bait at each other, and the book fell overboard, so I never had the chance. I can understand that. With all your other pursuits, you cannot find much time for reading. But I would have thought you might at least have skimmed the wings of death before Osric Dane's arrival. I meant to glance through the book, but I've been so absorbed in a novel of Trollope's recommended by Professor Ford. Oh, no one reads Trollope now. But I'm only about ten pages into it. And does he interest you? He amuses me. Amusement is hardly what I look for in my choice of books. Oh, certainly. The Wings of Death is not amusing. Far from it. Was it meant to be? 
Assuredly not. Well, uh, surely not. That's what I was going to say. It was meant to elevate. I hardly see how a book steeped in the bitterest pessimism can be said to elevate, however much it might instruct. I meant, of course, to instruct. Thank you for the correction, Mrs. Van Vluck. I thought the two terms were synonymous. Do they get married in the end? They? Who? Why, the girl and the man. It's a novel, isn't it? I always think that's the one thing that matters. If they split up, it spoils my dinner. I would not advise you to read The Wings of Death in that spirit. For my part, when there are so many books of learning available, I wonder how anyone can find time for those that are merely amusing. The most wonderful part of the book is that it may be looked at from so many points of view. I hear that as a study of determinism, Professor Lupton ranks it with the data of ethics. Well, I'm told that Osric Dane spent ten years in preparatory studies before beginning to write it. She looks up everything, verifies everything. It has always been my principle, as you know. Nothing would induce me now to put aside a book before I'd finished it, just because I can buy other books that might be more enjoyable. And what do you think of the wings of death? That question is out of order, Mrs. Roby. There are few things I dislike so much as being asked my opinion of a book. Books are written to read. If one reads them, what more can be expected? To ask such a question is as great an outrage as being searched for smuggled laces at the Custom House. Quite right, Mrs. Plinth. We have always respected this idiosyncrasy of yours. Now we shall adjourn, but let us all stay mindful that at our next meeting we'll be graced with the presence of Miss Osric Dane. Let us all make our best effort to read her book, The Wings of Death, before we open our discussion with her. Good afternoon, Mrs. Roby. Are you ready for this special gathering of the lunch club? Well, I'm ready for lunch. Yes, certainly. And Mrs. Leverett, are you ready to meet the famous author? Yes, I suppose. I have my volume of Appropriate Illusions in my pocket. Appropriate Illusions? Yes. You see, Mrs. Ballinger, I sometimes feel a bit flustered in situations like this, and this little volume has been compiled to meet any social emergency. Whatever the topic, I am never at a loss for a pertinent reference. Can you give me an example? Certainly. That quotation that most readily comes to mind is, Canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook? Yes, well, you may not find occasion to use that one today. Still, it is like a passenger on an ocean liner who is told there is no imminent danger, but still feels more comfortable with a life vest nearby. I see. Ah, and here is Miss Van Vluck. What a relief. Hello, Mrs. Ballinger. What subjects are we going to discuss today? I have no idea. Perhaps we had better leave that to circumstance. Circumstance? That means, I suppose, that Mrs. Plinth will take the floor as usual, and we shall be deluged with her idiosyncrasies. Speaking of which, here is Mrs. Plinth now. Idiosyncrasies? Is that the topic of the day? 
This is unexpected. I understood we were going to talk about Osric Dane's novel. We cannot make that our chief subject, at least not too intentionally. Of course, we can let our talk drift in that direction, but we ought to have some other topic as an introduction, and that is what I wanted to consult you about. The fact is, we know so little of Osric Dane's tastes and interests that it's difficult to make any special preparation. It may be difficult, but it is necessary. As I told one of my nieces the other day, there are certain emergencies for which a lady should always be prepared. And so it is with conversation. All I ask is that I know beforehand what is to be talked about. Then I feel sure of being able to say the proper thing. I quite agree with you, but... Oh, that must be Osric Dane now. Hello, Miss Dane. Oh, what a horrible scowl. Won't you please sit down? Yes, I will. She looks at us as if there is something wrong with our hats. What a brute. Yes, well, thank you for taking the time to meet with us for lunch, Miss Dane. Is this your first visit to Hillbridge? It is a very small place indeed. We have a great many representative people. What do they represent? Why, as a community, I hope it is not too much to say that we stand for culture. For art. For art and literature. And for sociology, I trust. We have a standard. Oh, yes, certainly. We have a standard. The object of our little club is to concentrate the highest tendencies of Hillbridge, to centralize and focus its intellectual efforts. We aspire to be in touch with whatever is highest in art, literature, and ethics. What ethics? You must excuse us, Miss Dane, for not being able, just at present, to talk of anything but the wings of death. Yes, we are so anxious to know the exact purpose you had in mind in writing your wonderful book. You will find that we are not superficial readers. We are eager to hear from you if the pessimistic tendency of the book is an expression of your own convictions or... Or merely a somber background brushed in to throw your figures into more vivid relief. I have always maintained that you represent the purely objective method... How do you define objective? In reading you, we don't define, we feel. The cerebellum is not infrequently the seat of the literary emotions. Ah, the cerebellum. The club took a course in psychology last winter. Which psychology? Well, really, you know it was last year that we took psychology, and this winter we have been so absorbed... uh, We've been so intensely absorbed in... In Zingu? Yes, Zingu, of course. And we've been hoping that today you would tell us just what you think of it. Uh, Zingu. Ah, yes, Zingu. Knowing how engrossing the subject is, you will understand how the club has let everything else go for the moment. Since we took up Zingu, I might say, were it not for your books, that nothing else seems worth reading. I am glad to hear that you make one exception. Oh, of course. Since you seem reluctant to talk about your own works, we really must know know exactly what you think about Zingu. Some people say that one of your last books was saturated with it. Zingu? So 
It is an it, then? Shh. Uh, may I ask to which of my you refer? That's just what I want you to tell us. Because, though I was present, I didn't actually take part. Present at what? At the discussion, of course. And so we're dreadfully anxious to know just how it was that you went into the zingle. Ah, you say the zingle. Is that right? It's a shade pedantic, isn't it? Personally, I always drop the article, but I don't know how the other members feel about it. They probably think, as I do, that nothing really matters except the thing itself. Nothing except Zingu. Surely everyone must feel that way about Zingu. I have known cases where the rights have changed whole lives. It has done me worlds of good. Of course, the problem is that one must give up so much time to it. It's very long and difficult. I can't imagine the amount of time devoted to such a subject. And deep in places. So, it's a book? And it isn't easy to skip. I never skip. Ah, it's dangerous, too, in Zingo. Even at the start, there are places where one can't. One must just wade through it. I would hardly call it wading. Ah, you always found it went swimmingly? Uh, Of course, there are difficult passages. Yes, some are not at all clear, even if one is familiar with its origins. As I suppose you are? Oh, it's really not difficult up to a point, though some of the branches are very little known, and it's almost impossible to get at the source. Have you ever tried? No, but a friend of mine did. A very brilliant man, Professor Forland. And he told me it was best for women not to... Did he really? And did you find he was right? Mrs. Roby, we must not forget that as absorbing as Zingu is to us, it may be less interesting Oh, to no, on the contrary, I assure you. To others. And we must not allow our little meeting to end without persuading Mrs. Dane to say a few words to us on a subject which, today, is much more present in all our thoughts. I refer, of course, to the wings of death. Oh, yes. You really must talk to us a little about your book. Yes, we would like to hear about your book. I'm so sorry, Mrs. Ballinger, but before Mrs. Dane begins, I think I'd better run away. Unluckily, as you know, I haven't read her books, so I should be at a terrible disadvantage among you all. And besides, I have an engagement to play bridge. You are giving up the opportunity to discuss literature with a famous writer in order to play bridge? Shh! Let her go. Oh, we are so sorry you have other appointments, Mrs. Roby. Oh, wait, please wait, and I'll go with you. If you'll let me walk with you, I would so like to ask you a few more questions about Zingu. Now, ladies, if you will excuse Uh, me... But we haven't had a chance to discuss... Well, that was an unceremonious departure. I feel like we've been cheated out of something... But I don't know exactly how or why. Well, I can't say that I consider Osric Dane's departure a great loss. I believe she came on purpose to be nasty. It is my opinion that Miss Dane's attitude toward us may have been quite different if we had welcomed her in the majestic setting of my drawing rooms. I doubt that would have made any difference, Mrs. Plinth. 
I said from the very first that we ought to have had a subject ready. That's what always happens when you're unprepared. If only I had looked up Zingu in my volume of appropriate illusions. Ah, oh, Zingu. Why, it was the fact of our knowing so much more about it than she did, unprepared though we were, that made Ostrich Dane so furious. I should have thought that that was plain enough to everybody. Yes, we really ought to be grateful to Mrs. Roby for introducing the topic. It may have made Ostrich Dane furious, but at least it made her civil. I'm glad we were able to show her that we knew about something she didn't. What surprised me most was that Fanny Roby would know so much about Zingu. Mrs. Roby always has the knack of making a little go a long way. Still, we owe her a debt for simply remembering the word Zingu. I believe Ostrich Dane did not expect to take a lesson in Zingu at Hillbridge. When she asked me what we represented, uh, do you remember? I wish I'd simply said, we represent Zingu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it would have been wise to do so. May I ask why? Well, Mrs. Roby herself said that the subject is one that should not be delved into deeply. I think that applied only to an investigation of the origin of the, of, of the custom. Well, it's a part of the subject I never studied myself. Nor I. And yet it seems like that is the part that would be most interesting. I don't know why you say that. Well, didn't you notice how intensely interested Ostrich Dane became when she heard what the brilliant foreigner, he was a foreigner, wasn't he, had told Mrs. Roby about the origin, the origin of the right, or whatever you call it? It may not be appropriate to touch on... Uh... On the part of the subject in mixed company, but from the importance it evidently has to a woman like Osric Dane, we shouldn't be afraid to discuss it among ourselves behind closed doors, if necessary. I'm quite agree on the condition that all gross language is avoided, and there is no discussion of anatomical functions. Oh, I'm sure that will not be necessary. We can read between the lines, can't we? Please stop winking in that absurd fashion, Mrs. Leverett. I cannot see what benefit is to be derived from investigating such peculiar phenomena. If nothing else, we will not find ourselves in the uncomfortable and humiliating position of knowing less about our own subjects than Fanny Roby. Yes, that is a valid point. Do you have a copy? Uh, a, a copy? A copy of what? Why, of... of... The book? What book? Why, Zingu, of course. Hopefully you have the uncensored version. It's not the kind of thing a person can just leave lying about. I would think not. It, it is a book, then. Why, uh, there is a book, naturally. Then why did Miss Plinth call it a religion? A religion? I never! Yes, you did. You spoke of rites, and that, that would imply some type of religious ceremony. Well, Shirley used to do something of the kind at Eleusinian Mysteries. Oh, it was my understanding that no indelicate comments were allowed in the discussion. Really? It is too bad that we cannot talk the matter over civilly among ourselves. Personally, I think that if one goes into Zingu at all... Oh, so do I. And I don't see how one can avoid doing so if we wish to keep up with the thought of the day. There, that's it. What's it? Why, it's a thought. I mean, a philosophy. 
Pardon me, but I believe you're all mistaken. Zingu happens to be a language. A language? Certainly. Don't you remember Mrs. Roby saying that there were several branches and that some were hard to trace? What could that statement apply to but uh, dialects? Really? If the lunch club has reached a point that it has to go to Fanny Roby for instruction on a subject like Zingu, perhaps we should disband. It's really her fault for not being clearer. Oh, clearless and Fanny Roby? Never shall the twain meet. I dare say we will find that she was mistaken on almost every point. Why not look it up? Yes. Do you have a reference book? Then I can prove that Zingu is a language. Oh, yes. I have my book of appropriate allusions. I'll just check. No, there's no mention of Zingu here. Oh, that's not the kind of reference book we need. Mrs. Ballinger, in your assortment of literature, do you have any books that might be of use? Of course I have. I keep the encyclopedias over here. Miss Van Vleuk, help yourself. If you insist. Mm, let's see. Here is the W to Z volume, and Zingu must start with a Z. Hmm. Zingu? Zingu? N no, it isn't here. I suppose it is not an appropriate topic for such a book of reference. Oh, nonsense. Try X. Oh, yes, that might be it. Let me see. X. Zingu. Zingu. Oh, my. Well, have you found it, Mrs. Van Vyke? You look like a dog on point. Yes, I've found it. Please do not read it aloud if there's anything offensive. No, there's no profanity in the entry. Uh, one moment. Well, what is it? Do tell us. If it is something awful, my sister will want to know about it. Well, this is surprising. It's not a language after all. It's a river. A, a river? river? Yes, in Brazil. Oh, isn't that where Mrs. Roby visited her brother? But that can't be correct, Mrs. Van Vleck. You must be reading the wrong entry. It's the only Zingu in the encyclopedia, and she has been visiting in Brazil. Yes, her brother is some sort of ambassador there. But it's too ridiculous. I, why, we all remember studying Zingu last year, or the year before last. I thought I did when you said so. I said so? Yes. You said it had crowded everything else out of your mind. Well, you said it had changed whole lives. I made it clear that I knew nothing about its origins. Oh, what does it all matter if she's making fools of us all? I believe Mrs. Van Vleck's right. Mrs. Roby was talking about the river the entire time. How could she? It's too preposterous. Listen. Here is what it says in the encyclopedia. The Zingu, one of the principal rivers of Brazil, rises on the plateau of Mato Grosso and flows in a northerly direction for a length of no less than 1,118 miles, entering the Amazon near the mouth of the latter river. The upper course of the Zingu is auriferous and fed by numerous branches. Its source was first discovered in 1884 by the German explorer von den Steinen, after a difficult and dangerous expedition through a region inhabited by tribes still in the Stone Age. She did speak of it as having branches. Naturally, I thought of a large merchandising chain. And she also spoke of its great length. She said it was awfully deep and you, you couldn't skip. 
You just had to wade through. Oh, I should have known. How could there be anything improper about a river? Improper? Why, what did she say about the source? That it was corrupt? Not, not corrupt, but hard to get at. Someone who'd been there had told her so. I dare say it was the explorer himself. Doesn't it say that any expedition in the area is dangerous? Difficult and dangerous. There's nothing she said that wouldn't apply to a river, to this river. Why, do you remember her telling us she hadn't read The Supreme Instant because she'd taken it on a boating party while she was staying with her brother and someone had knocked it overboard? And then didn't she tell Osric Dane that one of her books was simply saturated with Zingu? Of course it was, if one of Mrs. Roby's rowdy friends had thrown it into the river. Osric Dane was taken in, too. Perhaps that's what Mrs. Roby did it for. She said Osric Dane was a brute, and she may have wanted to give her a lesson. Well, it was hardly fair for her to do it at our expense. At least she succeeded in grabbing her interest, which was more than we did. What chance did we have? Mrs. Roby monopolized the conversation from the start to give Osric Dane a false impression of her own standing in the club. She would hesitate at nothing to attract attention. We all know how she took him poor Professor Forland. She actually makes him host bridge games every Thursday. Why, this is Thursday, and that's where she's gone, of course, and taken Osric Dane with her. And they are probably laughing at us this moment. She wouldn't dare confess her foolishness to Osric Dane. I'm not so sure. I thought I saw her make a sign as she left. If she hadn't made a sign, why would Osric Dane have rushed out after her? Well, you know, we'd all been telling her how wonderful Zingu was, and she said she wanted to find out more about it. Yes, and that's exactly what they're both laughing over at this moment. I have no wish to criticize, but unless the lunch club can protect its members against the reoccurrence of such, such unbecoming scenes, I for one... Me too. My time is really too valuable. We all seem to be of one mind. I always deprecate anything like a scandal. Uh, she has been the cause of one today. I don't think Mrs. Roby would purposely... Some women will stop at nothing. But if anything of the kind had happened in my house, and it never would, I would have felt that I owed it to myself either to ask for Mrs. Roby's resignation or to offer mine. Oh, Mrs. Plinth. Fortunately for me, the matter was taken out of my hands by our president's decision that the right to entertain distinguished guests was a privilege vested in her office, and I think the other members will agree that, as she was alone in this opinion, she ought to be alone in deciding the best way of mitigating its, its deplorable consequences. I don't see why I should ask her to resign. She made you say that you'd got on swimmingly in Zingu. <laughs> But I don't think for a moment that I'm afraid to. Oh, all right. Mrs. Leverett, please hand me a sheet of the club stationery and a pen. Thank you. Now, dear Mrs. Roby. And so the lunch club remains intact, albeit without the presence of Mrs. Roby. Perhaps with the help of her new friend, Osric Dane, along with Professor Forland, she went on to become one of the world's foremost authorities on the Zingu, its origins, its tributaries, and of course, its bridges. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Edith Wharton's short story, Zingu, 
presented by the Maplewood Barn Radio Players. The performers in this show were Molly Dodge as Mrs. Ballinger, Joy Jackson played Mrs. Plinth, Angela Lechtenberg was Miss Van Vluck, while Osric Dane was portrayed by Maggie Henson, with Diana Long as Mrs. Leverett and Christina Grant as Mrs. Roby. The show was engineered by Darren Hellwedge, adapted by Brad Buchanan, with post-production by Amy Humphreys and Joe Hayes. Thanks for joining us. We hope you'll tune in again next week at the same time for another classic story from the Maplewood Barn Radio Players here on KBIA.